My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out, and it's why some people end up following the crowd. But we're not like them. We're part of a new species that isn't afraid to do things differently. I call us FOMO sapiens. And this is the show where you'll meet people like us, phenomenal FOMO sapiens, to learn how they find the courage and the ideas to live exceptional lives. FOMO. FOMO. Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for people who don't just follow the crowd, but instead take their own path to success in business and in life. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night. And of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And my guest today is Catherine Fantazzi, the co-founder and CEO of Apollo Neuroscience. And Apollo is this company that has developed and launched the first scientifically validated wearable technology that actively improves energy, focus, and sleep. Now, dedicated to innovation, Catherine believes in getting good science out of the lab and into people's lives. And as CEO, she's raised more than $20 million and built a team of physicians, researchers, engineers, and designers to transform the Apollo technology from a futuristic concept into a simple but powerful tool. Prior to founding Apollo, she helped develop and launch a $20 million tech commercialization accelerator through the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. And she is a graduate of Smith College and earned an MPA at the Rockefeller College of Public Affairs and Policy. Now, the reason that I wanted to have Catherine on the show is that I got in the mail this device, the Apollo Neuro device. And I just, I love that kind of stuff. I love devices that improve our lives. And so I started playing around with it and I just wanted to find out more. And so I invited her on the show and our conversation is very, it's very interesting because this is something that, there's a lot of science there, but there's also kind of a consumer element to it. And so you have to marry the two. And you're going to hear in this in this interview that she did exactly that. She actually married her co-founder, who is the science person. She's the commercialization person. And so they came up with this idea as a couple and figured out how to launch this business. We're also going to talk about how she creates engagement for the product because it's a wearable and there's a lot of competition out there. And they got to kind of convince people that this thing actually works. And that is not easy, especially in a world where you know people want instant gratification. And finally, we're going to talk about how this married pair of co-founders separates work and the rest of their lives. Because as we know, working with people you care about, whether it's a partner or a family member or a friend, it can get messy. And so she has some really good thoughts on that as well. Now, My small ask for the month, as you know, we're in Bold Thinkers Month, and I want you to do something bold. Go check out fomosapiens.com slash store. Check out the merch that we have in there. It's high quality. I promise you, I tested it all. Uh, We have some cool designs, and I've been wearing mine around and getting good feedback. We've had a bunch of people who've been buying these products and telling me that they're happy with them. So join the group. Check it out. Let me know what you think, and uh, send me a picture of you wearing your FOMO sapiens career. I would love that. All right. And now on to the interview. As you know, I ask the same question to every guest. And the question is this, what's the most important decision that you've had to make to get to where you are today? Well, first of all, Patrick, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, You know, I think the main thing was to just do it. When we were thinking about Apollo in the beginning, it started out as research at the University of Pittsburgh. And when uh, the initial research results came in, I was very much impressed. And then I prototyped it for 
uh, about 18 months and 3,000 people. Uh, and we were seeing that the results we were getting in the lab were consistent in the real world. And I knew, having been in early commercialization on the funding side, how much work it is uh, to really just start a company and bring something to market. And with that appreciation, I uh, decided, you know, there's no other time to do this. Uh, and uh, really, the time is now. And um, also, you know, if I didn't, then this technology, which could have helped so many people would sit on a shelf at the university. And so I think the biggest decision is just to go all in and jump into the deep end feet first. <laughs> I like that. I like it. It's it's uh, it's true. You're not the first person to say that. And so this is, you know, a very fundamental part of being an entrepreneur. Now, we're going to talk about your journey today and this this wearable that you've created. Now, I have the wearable on my ankle right now. <laughs> and so we'll explain what it does and everything. But you were kind enough to send me one. And so I am going to ask you to help me choose which mode to put it on. Okay. Now, there, guys, just so you know, I'm looking at the app. There's things like energy and wake up, social and open, rebuild and recover. And I've been trying it out for a couple of days. So uh, what should I use right now? I'm, I'm, I would like to know. So how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling, well, uh, to be very honest, I shouldn't say this in public, but I had a very late night. Okay. And so I'm I'm sort of, I, I, I woke up very late. I'm drinking my coffee, but I'm feeling good and I'm excited to be talking to you. So I, I kind of need recovery, but also I need to have like a little energy to be able to have a great conversation. Okay, great. So I would choose social and open. Mm -hmm. uh, and okay. social and open is a mode uh, that basically helps. I mean, I use it every day pretty much, uh, for, uh, zoom again, um, interviews, um, and also creative work. Um, so it helps the body transition into a state where you have a little bit of energy, um, but you're also relaxed. All right. I just kicked it off. We'll, I'll let you guys know how it, yeah. well, I guess you'll know if I'm charming today, whether it works or not, but yeah, that'll totally <laughs> but, depend on us. And then, <laughs> and the other thing to know is just set the intensity where you can, where you can feel it and it's no, and you just notice it. But after a minute or two, it should fade into the background. If it's more intense than that, then you have it up too high. Yeah. That's been my experience so far. Okay. This is good. All right. I'm ready to go. So let's get into the questions. Now, Catherine, I have been doing my research on you and I got to say your story feels like it was written in the stars. It's, it's a nice story. You built your career around tech commercialization. That's kind of where you had your expertise. And then you meet this co-founder who had built his career in psychiatry and you go on to kind of marry those two experience bases to create this wearable that sort of works with, uh, stress and and all kinds of other outcomes so i just used the word mary in there <laughs> let's start with the story behind this thing how you met your co-founder and you know what how it became a business this 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 chance meeting sure so um funny you say mary uh my co-founder and i are now married uh dr david rabin um so the way uh this all went down is my background as you said is really uh technology commercialization in uh a prior life <laughs> before Apollo, i started an early stage uh fund um at the energy authority in new york and uh, what we did was we identified early stage tech that was coming out of labs and determined whether or not the technology had merit and also does the team is it the right team to get the product um 
commercialized? And if so, we would fund them and then help them with whatever it was that they needed, whether that was marketing or demonstration sites or getting IP out of the lab um, or through the university. Um, and so David, flash forward, David and I had met um, and were engaged uh, and went down to the University of Pittsburgh, where David was doing research on what would become Apollo. And uh, about two years into his research, uh, the University of Pittsburgh approached him uh, and, and his lab and um, wanted to give them funding uh, if they participated in these innovation competitions for early stage stuff like prototyping. And Dave uh, came home and said, this is not an NIH grant. Um, they're talking about pitch decks and marketing and channels, and I'm not sure uh, what this is about, but can you come to the meeting and see if this is worth our time? Uh, and so I showed up and said, you know, uh, this is very interesting what you're working on. Uh, I'd be happy to help. Uh, let Ask your team if they want my assistance. And if they do, I'm happy to just, you know, pro bono help you guys. And so the rest is history. I joined the University of Pittsburgh research team uh, basically as a free uh, entrepreneur in residence and uh, helped them raise about half a million dollars over the course of a year for their early stage um, clinical trials. And uh, they ran several at the University of Pittsburgh. And um, when the, you know, I'm from New York, and I'm very skeptical. Uh, and so uh, when the initial double blind randomized placebo controlled crossover trial came back and showed that Apollo could actually help improve people's resilience to stress and change their cardiovascular metrics under stress, I was really impressed. Um, and then we, you know, prototyped and demonstrated that we could get consistent results in the real world. And it was at that moment that I decided that we would start the company. And David is really the clinical arm. Uh, he leads all of our clinical trials and the uh, medical development and that side of the business on R&D. And I'm the uh, basically the executive leadership uh, at the company. And so, you know, I've raised all the funding and built, built the team out. And, uh, you know, we launched to market in January of 2020. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. Tell us more about the product. How would you classify exactly, you know, where you fit into the market? Are you, a, you know, you're wearable, of course. Is this a medical device? And how does it actually work? Um, Apollo actually isn't a medical device. Apollo is a uh, wellness wearable. Um, and we did that on purpose um, because Apollo uh, uses low frequency sound waves um, to stimulate the nervous system. And so that sounds really complicated, but it really isn't. Um, in all, as with all things that, uh, that really make a difference, sometimes it's a really elegant, but simple solution. So what happened was that David, um, his background is, as you said, uh, in psychiatry and also neuroscience, he's been studying chronic stress for 20 plus years. And he was working with patients who have uh, PTSD and anxiety um, and all the things that come with that. And um, what he was really inspired about was that, you know, often people come to Dave in order to try to get uh, off of as many habit-forming medications, right? And to try to have more regulation over their own moods and their sleep, et cetera, without as many you know, confounding factors, because sometimes they have to deal with unwanted side effects. And, you know, David was doing biofeedback and, you know, meditation practices and breath work with his patients. Um, But then, you know, as with the rest of us, uh, doing those, uh, doing those practices is really valuable, but actually pretty hard to learn if you're stressed, because your body is in fight or flight mode. And if you're in fight or flight mode, it makes it everything harder. It's why the Hagen dazs and, you know, streaming Netflix is much easier when you're stressed out than exercising. Even though exercising is better for you is because your brain is looking for relief. And so he's thinking to himself, why am I setting my patients up for failure? Why are any of us setting our patients up for failure? The real key here is that people feel safe. And that's ultimately what happens when we get too stressed out. When we don't sleep, we can't focus. Um, when we get really stressed out, we're distracted, our mind is racing, it's harder to be effective, and it's harder to learn new things. And so Dave mapped out all the sensory responses uh, in the body that could induce safety and found that, you know, there's lots of things, right? There's music therapy, we all know about that. We know about biofeedback. Some people may know about biofeedback, which is a way of entraining yourself um, to uh, be more mindful. Uh, and we all know meditation, right? Guided meditations, people are familiar with those. And so Dave looked at all these ways to stimulate recovery in the body and realized that touch is often overlooked. And touch is also something that you can have with you wherever you are, right? You can use that when your kids are screaming in the back of the car, or you have to give a big presentation, or you have a million Zoom meetings, you can have this with you. Whereas music, really, really valuable, but you can't always be listening to music, right? Uh, you can't always have the perfect lighting around you. You can't always be meditating unless you're a monk. And so uh, we developed Apollo as a tool that could 
help people recover from stress wherever they were. And we could have very easily gone down uh, just a straight regulated path. But what I realized when we were uh, testing this um, in the prototyping phase is that we had these kinds of results where we had people who had their resting heart rate come down and their heart rate variability improve and their sleep improve. We're in healthy populations. And so pretty much, you know, anybody, <laughs> which the pandemic kind of taught us, can help, can use some benefit of recovering from stress and getting better sleep. And so we didn't want to pigeonhole the product. Yeah. So question for you, you know, I think about this, I'm using it right now, as I said, and, and, and it kind of reminds me a little bit and I'm, I, I, I want to get your take on this one. Okay. So I had a guest on the show, I don't know, maybe three, four months ago, a little longer named Catherine Hom, and she is the founder of Barabee, which makes weighted blankets. Okay. And I started using the blanket and I like, it's, a, it's, it's a game changer for me. Like I sleep in a way that I've never slept before. And the reason why is it's like, it kind of just comforts your whole central nervous system. And you just feel when you get under that blanket. I mean, like I, sometimes I'll be like, please come and get me <laughs> later on. Cause I'm going to be, I can't escape the blanket cause I sleep so deeply. Uh -huh. But when I tried the, the, the wearable, it kind of reminded me a little bit. It's like all of a sudden I felt like kind of chilled out in, in, in a way that I wasn't a little bit before. I'm curious if what's happening with those two products has some similarities or not. Just for folks that have a weighted blanket, maybe they can better understand what your tech does. So Apollo, in terms of the sensory, you know, a weighted mm -hmm. blanket is soothing because um, the pressure and the weight help us sleep um, by you know, stimulating uh, a feeling of safety. Um, mm -hmm. but Apollo is a little bit different. I would liken Apollo more to breath work. There are certain, mm. uh, ways that you can breathe to excite your nervous system, right? To get mm -hmm. yourself focused. For instance, um, Marines use, uh, box breathing, um, in order to get into a very focused, uh, state called a flow state or, you know, in the zone as people would say. Um, mm. and then there are other breath work techniques in order to enter a meditative state or to get yourself to sleep. And so Apollo um, has a kind of a spectrum where it's not just calming, but it also helps you, um, your nervous system transition into an intended state. And so you had alluded to the modes in the app, right? Starting with mm -hmm. energy and focus and then going all the way down the list to relax and sleep. And what those modes are, are like songs for your body. So think of it as music composed for your skin instead of your ears that helps your body transition into that state, whether that's a social state or a sleepy state um, in the way that um, soothing music helps you calm down and more wakeful music helps you wake up. That's helpful. I'm gonna combine the two. I'm gonna put this thing on and get under the weight of blanket. I, I'll see you in three months. <laughs> now, the thing about this is kind of interesting is, you know, you have, I have to think, getting people to like believe in the product mm -hmm. because yeah, if you're, if you've tried breath work, for example, like the example you give, I'm like, all right, I get that. But for somebody who hasn't done those kinds of things and you're like, okay, put this thing on, turn it on and you're going to see a measurable improvement in your life. I have to imagine some people 
look at it and they're like, I don't know. And then they don't use it. And so, cause it's not like one, you know, one session and suddenly you, you, you get it and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling way better. This is a thing that takes some time, like anything else. Like you don't, there's no magic fixes for anything in life. So how do you get people, you know, how do you create the habit, right? So much of, you know, habit formation is FOMO or other things that we talk about on the show, but how do you create the habit for your user that they stick around long enough to see the benefits? So actually we have really high engagement. Um, our users on average are using this thing for several hours a day. And uh, the reason for that is because Apollo is really easy. So I'll answer the question in two parts. The first one is how do you get people to believe? And I think mm -hmm. what distinguishes us from other technologies is that, and other things in this space, is the amount of, of evidence uh, for the efficacy of the product. I mean, we've done six trials, um, the first of which was a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled crossover trial. And we have 13 ongoing trials um, in, in the moment with academic and uh, institutional partners uh, across the country uh, that are all uh, investigator-sponsored, meaning uh, researchers and institutions uh, go out and have funding and want to test Apollo for um, either their patients for certain um, health conditions or um, to see whether or not Apollo can augment um, something for their user base um, mm -hmm. and people. And so I think, you know, most other things don't have that much evidence to demonstrate that Apollo is improving deep sleep on average by 19% or improving your heart rate variability by, you know, 11, 12% on average if you use the thing consistently. And so that's the first bit is that, you know, Apollo was born from research. We actually never intended to make a consumer product from the very beginning. What we were trying to do was to identify a new way to help people regulate stress. And then when we realized how many applications it had and how important it was um, that the safe tool be, av be available to people, that's when we decided to create the product. So I think that's the first thing is just... You know, it's real and uh, it's backed by science uh, and you can go look at all the studies and see for yourself. Um, in terms of the habit forming, I think the main thing for us uh, and the ethos behind Apollo is show, don't tell. So, mm. you know, the entire, uh, you know, for me, you know, I'm f I am fully a learning meditator, right? I am not good at it. I'm not going to pretend I'm good at it. <laughs> I, I am a very good, uh, you know, at cycling and tennis and skiing and that sort of thing but sitting quietly uh meditating in that particular way is not the easiest thing for me and so i really relate to a lot of people who have aspirations of doing all these wellness things but then ultimately uh, it's pretty challenging and so apollo helps create that state in the body um, for you to become aware of it without you having to do anything. And so it's actually fairly simple for someone to integrate it into their life because all they have to do is put it on and select how select their goal in the app and it just turns on and helps them. And there are people who track and see the evidence uh, by tracking their progress over time in terms of their biometrics. And there's other people who just see that they're sleeping better and that they have better emotion regulation, right? Like they are more in control of their responses to other people. Cause like, we all know that feeling when you're too tired and you get caught off in traffic and you're really likely to just kind of react to somebody. And when you, versus when you've slept well and you're coming back from, you know, a day at the park, you're way less likely to be reactive. And um, when you're, a body is in this more balanced and calm state, you have a lot more control over what you pay attention to, what you focus on, how you respond to others. And um, that's really empowering for a lot of people and keeps them coming back. 
FOMO. FOMO. You know, on this show, we talk about meditation because I'm one, I'm like you, I've, I, I tried forever and I finally started th- about three and a half years ago meditating every day. And I always say when people say like, okay, what did you get out of it? It's like my ability to freak out has declined by 95%. Mm-hmm. And so I can see now with the use case that you're kind of giving us, it's, it's for, if you can have regulated emotions, just like everything in life is a little easier mm-hmm. or a lot easier if you can live life that way. So that that's a powerful tool that you can give people. And and I do kind of get your point and just, I'm wearing it right now. Like I don't even notice it. Right. So it's kind of like set it and forget it. And so, you know, for folks who are curious, it could be an interesting thing to experiment with. Now I do want to talk about building this business because one of the things, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I do think it's an interesting point is, you know, many of us, we dream of starting a business with our partner or with a family member. And we had a discussion recently, I'm on the investment committee of a VC fund, and we had a, a, a management team that was a husband and a wife. And we were, we were like, it was a a thing we talked about. Is there risk here or is there a benefit here? And we hadn't encountered that before because it's a newer fund, but I started asking around at other VC funds, you know, do you have many companies in your portfolio where you have a married couple that's running the business? And in fact, it's pretty common and which surprised me. So I was curious, you know, as you're building this business, number one, you know, let's just start with how do you create a healthy environment, you know, for those of us who maybe want to do this, where, you know, you have a separation between the business you're building, but also, you know, the rest of your life. Dave and I have a pretty uh, firm routine. Um, Mm. So around, you know, dinnertime, work stops. It just is over. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we don't talk about it anymore. Um, and we're also pretty good where if the other person says, hey, I totally hear you about that. Can we make a note? Because I just need to wind down right now. Like, I can't talk about that right now, but I can talk to you about it tomorrow morning. And we're both really good about that. Um, the other thing that we do to really establish uh, balance is that we're really clear with each other's calendars, which mm. honestly is, was the best when we first got it started and creating a rhythm, right? Um, because Dave always knew what I was working on and I always knew what he was working on. And so we don't really run into each other that much. You know what I mean? We don't step on each other's toes. And it's actually been an amazing attribute because what you, what I want in a co-founder, what I want in a partner, um, is somebody who can watch my blind spots and can help push things forward with me, but also cover my back when I'm, uh, have to go pay attention to another thing. Cause we all know in a startup, sometimes there's a fire drill, right. And you got to go take care of it. And something else, uh, somebody else needs to watch the stove, right. So to speak. And Dave and I are very good at handing off that way. And so, you know, in the very beginning, when we first launched that we did run into people who were very concerned that we were married. And, you know, honestly, I think it's one of our greatest assets because we're totally unified. Right. You know, the business is part of our life. But the other part is, you know, it's a privilege. Right. Working on this is fun. It's not always fun. There are hard days. But, you know, I enjoy the people I work with. I am very grounded uh, and excited by what we do and what we're delivering to the world. And we love building stuff together, right? This isn't our first go round, Um, you know, and we like building, we like creating, and we have really complementary skill sets. And I just, you know, this is the most fun I've ever had at work is working with Dave. That's a great story. And I have a little, I have a little strategy for you, which is if you're, 
at home at night and one of you wants to talk about work and the other doesn't, the person who doesn't want to should steal the other person's phone and set their Apollo <laughs> to the relax and unwind mode. And then that will work. They'll be, that would totally work. I mean, I just, because I was thinking like, you know, you have these devices on, you're living your business so that there you just, you just implement that. Now you did talk about talking to investors. And I think, you know, again, you know, as I think about the world of VC, some we talk about all the time on the show, it's like flavor of the month, right? Uh -huh. One month, everybody wants to invest in pet tech. Then it's, you know, whatever it's, wearable tech, right? And so there has been this huge wave of wearable tech companies. Some of them will be, you know, big winners in the space and will go on to become, you know, public companies. Others will disappear because they're not differentiated. Now you have science on your side here. You've done a ton of work in that space, but I'm curious, I imagine you sit in front of VCs and, they, and they're looking at a lot of companies in the space. Like how do you separate yourself you know, in terms of just in a world where there's so much competition and where VCs are distracted and you know how they are, they don't want to commit. So you've raised, you know, significant money, more than $20 million for folks that aspire to do that. Like what has been your secret to raising that kind of capital? Mm, well, you know, actually, uh, I got really good advice from Phil Libin, um, who you might know um, from Evernote uh, and then mm -hmm. also from mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, Phil gave me some advice where he said, there's a lot of money in the world and don't waste your time with someone who doesn't get it. Just move on because there's someone else who will. And Apollo is a really new kind of concept. I mean, it's really an entirely new category of wearable because there were wearables in the beginning, you know, who that tracked certain metrics like steps and they got people oriented to tracking something about their body and it was interesting. And then we moved to wearables that track more in depth uh, information about ourselves because the sensors got better. So, you know, around our sleep or cardiovascular metrics. But Apollo is an entirely different kind of wearable because it doesn't tr necessarily just track. It also, and it primarily changes, right? If you feel tired, you can put this on and it can help you not feel tired. If you feel stressed out and distracted because who knows, you didn't get enough sleep, maybe you're, you were late dropping your kid off at school and you've got a thousand things in front of you, you can put on clear and focused and get improved heart rate variability and clarity of mind to get all of the things on your to-do list done. And if you can't sleep, Apollo can help regulate parasympathetic tone. It can help basically work as a meditation to help you unwind without you having to do anything. And that's an entirely new paradigm. And so the investors who are behind us are excited about the clinical applications about what we're doing. And they're also really excited about the ability to, through our sense of touch, which is a totally new medium, through our sense of touch, use a technology that can help us be more human. You know, I look at Apollo as a technology that helps to undo a lot of what technology has done to us. And um, and that's, you know, our guidepost, right, is really helping people take control over how they feel, um, what they choose to pay attention to, and to help them get better sleep because we're all a lot better, you know, honestly, when you can feel calm and have that moment of pause and feel restored, people can be themselves, whether that's, you know, a great parent or an innovator or a creator, whatever it is, if you feel balanced and you feel like you're in control over how you respond to things, you're in charge of your own destiny. And uh, 
You know, our investors have really been behind that. It's a whole new, different way to think about what we do. It's about creating internal environments for people, not just tracking their metrics. All right. The company is Apollo Neuro. You can find out more at ApolloNeuro.com, on Instagram at Apollo Neuro, on Twitter at Apollo underscore Neuro, and on Facebook at Apollo Neuroscience. Catherine Fantazzi, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstrom. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO. FOMO.